Union Jack, the home of great British comedy. Fiddle your knob and find Union Jack on DAB Radio, online, on the app, and on that Alexa woman. What have oh, I God. done? There we go. Hey. You're almost all the way there. No. I've got a friend too. You know those water bottles where you kind of open them a bit like this and then you kind of, you know. Oh, yeah. So she was, this was in the 90s, she went on maternity leave. And yeah. She was a plugger for bands, yeah. so she would drive bands around to radio stations nice. and newspapers in her car. And in the time she went on maternity leave, those bottles were invented. Yeah. <laughs> so she comes back to work and she's in a car with a band yeah. and they pass her this bottle of water yeah. and she's never seen this before, so she doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. So she just sort of puts it to her lips and pretends to drink. And oh, for the whole tour, oh, she like just does that because she's got no idea how to get water oh, out of the bottle, but she doesn't want to embarrass herself. Such a lonely dehydrated. <laughs> yeah, she's dead now. <laughs> On digital radio across the UK, on the Union Jack app, and on that Alexa lady. This is Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory. Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio. Hello, welcome to Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory from Union Jack Radio. This is the penultimate episode of Series 3 where famous faces wander down memory lane and I tag along, you could call it stalking, and this is the third series. And in previous episodes, we've spoken to Ed Gamble, Tom Rosenthal, Susie Ruffle and Marcus Brigstock, broadcaster Ian Lee and 80s legend Paul Young. You can hear all of those from the same place that you're listening to this. Uh, But in this episode, we are spending time with one of the best new comedians in the UK. She's just fantastic. Uh, You will have seen her on telly all over the place. She is hot property. It's the hilarious Rosie Jones. Oh, and later in the podcast, I will be announcing a very very special guest for the series finale next week. Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio. Rosie Jones, hello. Hello, how are you? Well, I'm well, I'm excited because you're going to be taking me to Bridlington, your hometown today. Um, What is Bridlington famous for? Absolutely nothing. Well, that's good news for you yeah, because if you go on yeah. the Wikipedia page. Me. <laughs> yeah. I would just say Bridlington, home of TV Jones. <laughs> this is great. I mean, I think you could be in line for a statue. Yeah. Oh, my God. If I don't get a statue by the time I'm. I'm 29 now (laughs) and gonna kick off. (laughs) Um, No, it's very much for fish and chips and going on holiday there. So it's a, sea, uh, it's a seaside yeah, town, right? Yeah. North Yorkshire, am I right? East. East. I get, yeah, one of, is that yeah. one of the ridings? I get very confused. Yeah, East riding of Yorkshire. Right. Yeah. And and um, what was what was the first house you were brought home to? Oh, so that was on a green. It was 
called High Green. High Green. Yeah, and it was the first time my mum and dad bought when they got married. And I bet they bought it for about 2p. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, I think it was something like 20 grand. How does this feel to you as a millennial who yeah. has probably got no hope of ever being on the property I'm, ladder? I feel sick because <laughs> it was so lovely. And uh, when I was a baby, a newborn, I was a nightmare. Really? And it wasn't my fault. It was... Because of my traumatic birth, uh, they put me on class A drugs. So from one day... Not cocaine, though. Yes, it was (laughs) cocaine. (laughs) Crack cocaine. So So you were this very obnoxious, sort of twitchy baby, very self-centred. Talking very quickly all the time. (laughs) Um, So from day one, I was a drug addict. And uh, that meant I... I cried solidly for five hours every night. Nightmare. Uh, But, but like, like clockwork, I would start at 6 p.m. and cry till 11. So through all the good telly? Yes, yeah. (laughs) I didn't like Coronation Street. <laughs> so my uh, dad would take me out and walk me up and down the green until I fell asleep. Isn't that nice for your neighbours? Yeah. <laughs> this screaming, drug-addled me. baby yeah. from 6 till 11 yeah. every night being yeah. walked up and down outside. <laughs> what um, what did your mum and dad do for a living? Uh, teachers. Okay. My mum was a French teacher and my dad a music teacher. And what were the perks of that for young Rosie? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> this, this is what I've done. There's certain jobs where you, you know, you really benefit from your yeah. parents' careers. Yeah. I, yeah. You would be surprised at the amount of comedians whose parents are teachers. Yeah, and uh, growing up, I think it's because my mum and dad said you can be whoever you want to be. Apart from a teacher, (laughs) because you see how much work they do. It is not a nine to five, it's a seven to 11 p.m. seven days a week. Right. And And the uh, holidays don't make up for that. No, no, because I'm marking and planning throughout all the holidays. Um, 
So no person for me. My mum hated French <laughs> and my dad hated music. <laughs> Can I just be clear? Your mum hated French, the language, rather than the French. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> language. xenophobic. No, the language. Yeah, they were like... Would leave that at school <laughs> and they taught us nothing about French or music. So there was no music, there was just silence at yeah, home. Yeah, actually, that's a sad thing because my dad is such a talented musician. He plays a guitar, trumpet, piano, drums, but he played them to such a degree when he was younger. He's sick of it now because he used to practice the guitar eight hours a day. So it didn't feel fun anymore. So even now he won't listen to music. That's astonishing. Yeah. So if you sort of put too much of yourself into something, it can ruin it for yeah. you, is, is the yeah. moral of the story. Yeah. Um, any brothers or sisters? Yeah, a little brother who's Five years younger. So you got me. the first five years just yeah, to yourself. Yeah. So, so did you did you resent him when he came along? No, no. Uh, my mum said from the time I could talk, I said I want a brother or a sister, and I think because I didn't know the extent of my disability till I was a bit older. They held up from having another one. And then when I was four, they were like, yeah, let's do it. So little Oliver came along. And who is the favourite? Oh, him. No, even um, even though you've been on the TV, no, I've yeah, no, <laughs> that not changed things a no, bit. No, no, <laughs> I am. Um, I mean, they say they favour him. They would disagree, <laughs> but um, I think it's the same with all older siblings. I really felt like I had to fight to go out and fight to stay at my friend's house and for him it was easy because I paved the way and I think because he was a boy I was a bit like Hey, why are you letting him drink on the beach at 17? I had to wait. You were the trailblazer. Yeah. You know, basically, you ground them down. Yeah, that's you it. sort of like wore that's down the resistance. It. So by yeah. the time it was his turn, yeah. Think, oh, God. yeah. Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio. What about school? What was the first school you went to? Well, 
first when I was three, I went to a special school in Drifield, which is nearby, called Kingsmill. And it was absolutely brilliant for disabled people. But this was 93, um, and it was a great time because I was just starting to have disabled people in mainstream schools. So even at three, although I really enjoyed Kingsmill, the head teacher brought my mum and dad in and said, we love Rosie, but no, <laughs> she's too clever. We can't deal with her. So then I went back to Bridlington and went to a mainstream school called Martingale. Our special schools, so when, when I was growing up, they were a big thing and it always seemed odd to me yeah. that you'd have all these people whose sort of various conditions were in no way similar to each other. Yeah. But we just think, oh, we'll just put all those, we'll that's just put all those people it, into a school. That's it, so, um, I am physically disabled, but not intellectually disabled. But I remember, even at three years old, not really understanding it, but thinking, oh, why am I here? There's nothing wrong with my brain. But like, I played with everyone and I got on. But I was much happier when I went to Martingate. Can I just explain for people who maybe don't, haven't come across you yet, um, your disability is cerebral palsy? Yeah, yeah. So it affects my speech, obviously, my mobility and my motor skills. Right. So so then when you go to this uh, primary school, what was it called again? Martin Gate. So who, who, who was... Oh, we, oh, we've got it up there no, on the screen is. now. Yeah. So it's a very modern-looking school. Yeah. Um, all right, give me... give me who Who's the first person you befriended there? Well, it sounds uh, sad. It's really not, but my... The first friend I made, and best friend, and we're still friends now, is my teacher's aide. Okay. And she was called Mrs. Larson. But now I'm 29, I'm allowed to call her 
cute. <laughs> like as of turning 29. Yeah, as yeah. of last week. Now, this this is interesting to me because I would be... Like, like my, my wife thinks I'm quite strange because I would befriend teachers. So there was the school secretary would take me <laughs> to see the Halley Orchestra in Manchester, which, like, thinking now about, I mean, what a strange, eccentric yeah. child yeah. I was. What was it that made you sort of gravitate towards the grown-ups, do you think? So, um... Because I couldn't walk till uh, older and because I couldn't run around, I developed my social skills a lot quicker than other children my age. And I remember thinking, why... Why do I want to talk to them? They don't have good conversation. <laughs> and I met up with Jude recently and she looked after me for seven years and I said, in my mind... We were friends. Was that just you humouring me? And she was like, no, Rosie. I was really expecting a yes then, Rosie. Yeah, <laughs> yes. No, Rosie, she said, you were my best friend for seven years. And she'd look forward to coming to work with chat about our weekend, me and my little eight-year-old uniform will give her advice because I haven't changed for 25 years. I was the exact same personality just in a four-year-old body. Can you see I'm getting teary on? I don't know if that's patronising oh, or not. Is that, is that no. patronising? I think it's I think it's anything to do with an unlikely friendship, an adult yeah, and a child, yeah. I'd like a, a monkey and a bee. These, these things, it. I always find those stories very moving. That's it, and it's not patronising because it's not been about my disability. Yeah. Like... I wasn't bullied. I did have friends my own age. But if I was a choice of hang out with them or have a chit-chat with dude, <laughs> always a chit-chat. Take the Kit-Kat with the yeah. adult. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, I'm yeah. with you. So what what were you good at? Um, everything. Oh, right. Everything apart from PE. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was always big into English because I swear growing up, I think my mum and dad weren't sure how, how independent I I will become growing up and 
early on I realised, well, as long as she can read, she can see the world yeah. through books. And I love reading and I am insanely quick. <laughs> and what what when you think of being primary school age, you're obsessed by books. What books are you reading? Um, Jacqueline Wilson. So they were very very big at the time, and I think I just swallowed them all. And I used to go to bed at six p.m. Every night. This is to make up for all those hours when you were a baby, like crying that's from six to eleven. That's yeah. Um, up until being about fourteen, I'd always be in bed at six, and I'd breathe for two hours. Uh, and I was quite, quite advanced as a child. I um, did a test when I was eight and I had a reading age of a 19-year-old. So... That's a weird one to me. That there's a yeah. that nineteen. Why, yeah. like, what age does that that scale yeah. go up to? Yeah. <laughs> She's got the reading age of a sixty-eight year old. She's I reading know. a lot of Barbara Cartland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Like nineteen. Yeah. It seems so arbitrary. It's so specific. And maybe it's my brain not remembering. But I think it was a 19 and a half year old. <laughs> it was so specific. Um, but I think since then I've slowed up. Right. <laughs> You're back to reading picture books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Made um, out of felt. Yeah, Mr. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union. Jack Radio. Hello, me again, Jeff Lloyd. Now, before we're back with Rosie Jones, I thought I would let you in on a secret. The next episode of Hometown Glory will be the series finale, so we've gone and done something a bit special. The guest will be... Drumroll, please. No? No drumroll? Sorry, I forgot it's Union Jack Radio. We don't have a budget for a drumroll. Anyway, it's going to be... Me. And if you're wondering why that's special, interviewing me is going to be... Ed Miliband, yes, the former Labour Party leader, sandwich enthusiast and my podcast co-host elsewhere is going to be joining me on the show, turning the tables and taking me on a trip down memory lane. And you can hear that live on the radio on Saturday the 13th of July from 11am or you can hear it as a podcast right here. Put it in your diary, not in pencil, but in ink. It's going to be very, very special. Right then, back to Rosie. Where where would you go? In, so when when you're not at school, where where would you go? What would you be doing? Hmm. When I wasn't in bed reading. Yeah, because I mean, six o'clock is an yeah, early bedtime. Yeah. But did, did 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 like sort of the the, the town centre hold any interest to you? Did parks oh, parks the, hold any interest the to you? Town centre was a bit rubbish, 
but I usually like it when we went swimming and there's a place called Leisurewood, which is on the seaside. And so you go in and there'll be a wave pool. Right. And that was incredible. And it's best not as an adult to think about the hygiene oh, of those places. Oh, no, <laughs> do not think about that. But they've seen it never looked like that. We're looking at it on the screen went. now and it's sort of like a beautiful, sweeping, yeah. modern building with no. floor to ceiling windows. But no. it was a bit of a hole when you went there. They've recently redone it, but when I went, it was an absolute horror show. <laughs> and that's how I like. <laughs> Do you remember rumours would go around about the slides that people yeah. would leave razor blades in the slides? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, they never did. No, that. but I mean, there was my just lots god. to be terrified about at those kind yeah. of big swimming yeah. baths. And it was amazing because they had these big sweeping windows and you could look out onto the sea. The lovely grey yeah. North Sea <laughs> yeah. on a bleak November day. Cold. What were you treat? Were you allowed treats on swimming days? I mean, there was something you got to yeah, eat. Yeah, the vending machine. Oh, oh my god! Always to go for a pack and knickknack. Pack of knickknacks, strong choice. I remember the, the swimming bath near us, it was always, you, you sort of have the choice of coffee, tea, of course, which you're not going to have as a, yeah. as a kid. But there was soup, like horrible soup. Uh, it was obviously made from powder and it would congeal in the bottom of the plastic cup. No. So you know, the, the most for most of the drink, you'd just be drinking vaguely soupy water. And then no. at the bottom, there'd all be this sort of solidified, Ooh. damp powder no. that you could scrape out with no. your finger. No. No, you're better off with a packet of knickknacks. Yeah, no, when I got older, uh, my uh, brother went for swimming lessons every Saturday morning and I would go to keep my dad company. But it was only then that I realised that was my favourite part of the swimming trip. It was going, getting it knacked, yeah. getting a master bar, and not the swimming itself. Yeah, I'm a big fan of high-calorie snacks without the physical <laughs> yeah. exertion. I think yeah. that's, that's the and way. And then it sounds so sad, but another... Weekly trip we did growing up was we went to Safeway uh, <laughs> to do the big shop. I'm telling you, when you were a kid, the big shop is very exciting. Oh, it's an Aladdin's God. cave. Yeah, yeah, it was just a highlight on my week. So, um, it's not Safeway now. It's, We're trying to find it on the it's screen. It's Morrison. Right, right. 
because I thought there was an exit now. Probably due to globalisation. Yeah, yeah, how dare they bring <laughs> back Safeway? But here we are in the oh car park of what was God. Safeway in Bridlington. It's brought a tear to Rosie's oh. eye, this one. So it was a whole trip. First of all, it started at our house and we had a, a big Land Rover with seats in the booth. Oh, what the Americans call a way back. Yeah, yes. yeah, but sideways. Nice. So uh, every week, me and my brother... You said, get in the booth, even though there was four of seats. <laughs> we were like, now we're sitting in the booth. <laughs> and then we And get... you'd be in silence because obviously Dad hated music. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there was no music, no talking, just us. <laughs> Screaming with excitement in the booth. Um, and then we get to Safeway. Uh, I'd be in charge of a trolley, and my brother would get given things they had to run and collect. But Little did my dad know we also had a weekly challenge <laughs> and I got no idea where this came from. But me and my brother were tied and Get for lemon. <laughs> you know those greasy ones that look like lemons? Yeah, I mean, that's quite... If you think about the manufacture of that, that was really something to yeah. manufacture a, a case for the lemon juice that looked like an yeah, actual lemon. Yeah, I mean, they could have just put it in a bottle, but oh no, no they made it look like a lemon. It's a lemon. Yeah. Every single week... <laughs> We will pick it up, hide it in the trolley. We will then sit on unpacking the trolley and then we'd embed it into the conveyor belt so that it will get in the bag, in the car without my dad knowing. And I swear to God, every single week he would unpack the shop <laughs> in the home and go, for God's sake, how, how did you get another jet for lemon? In the bag, like. <laughs> so you must have ended up with a stockpile. Oh my god! That I mean, one. if the apocalypse came to your house, <gasps> yeah, I mean, you might not have survived, yeah. but you'd certainly have yeah. plenty of Jeff lemon. lemon. Wow! Um, At one point, we had over fifth, <laughs> and we still do it now. We go get a lemon. <laughs> Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio. 
talk to me about uh, secondary school. What do you remember about the change from primary to secondary um, school? I wasn't quite excited because about 60 people went from Martingate to my next school. Which was Headlands. Headlands. Yeah, and it was next to Martingate. So, so you didn't have to change your daily no, commute at all, no, right? No, it was. Headlands, we're getting up on the screen yeah. now. It's established in 1965. That's it. Who lives? There's a little house on the school grounds. Who, who lives there? I think that's a caretaker. But um, it's not there now, but when I went there, I used to have what they called the lower school, which was for the first two years, and that was on another side. Right, right. So it felt like it wasn't a big leap. Because you were only with people one year older. And then I remember going to the big school there for PE and drama and then being scared to death. But actually... On the whole, we were in our own little cocoon. They sort of eased you into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So were you not... Ex- I mean, how did, how, how did they factor you into PE lessons? Uh, I mean, looking back now, and if I went to school now, it would have been a lot different. I think because I was one of the first disabled people to go there, they were like, oh, we don't know what to do with her. So they used to give me a basket ball, send me to the corner, and I jumped <laughs> You just had to bounce a ball in the corner. Yeah, which <sighs> sounds tragic. But at the time, I'm so competitive. Yeah. I think I could do nine. So every week I loved it because I was like, right, I'm going to... And um, I don't come from a sporty family. None of us have that gene in us. So actually, if I was able-bodied and I had to play with everyone else, I would have found that. Awful. Oh, let me tell you, it's horrendous. If you don't, have, I don't have that, and it yeah. is just—I mean, no. it's, so, like, I would just constantly, constantly be wishing I could have a note to go to the library yeah, instead. Yeah, so just giving me a ball and letting me crack on with it. I was at 
pay. Yeah. There's probably some, like these days, probably people would do that for mindfulness. Yeah. Just bounce a ball and yeah. count. It would probably yeah. be a meditation trend. And and what about, um? so so Jude, Miss Larson yeah. as well, was, was left behind. So yeah. So who, who, who do you befriend once you get to big school? So, um... I have many friends who came up from from our primary school, and um, I think I always liked talking. So I was kind of a social butterfly, and I had loads of different groups. But then I. I got friends with two girls, Stacy and Beth, and we became quite a trio. You were a clique? Yeah. And what yeah. did you enjoy doing? Gossiping about other yeah, people? Yeah. yeah. So what was brilliant was my mum was an assistant head teacher. At the school. And that, you think that was a good thing? Yeah. Why? Yeah, because everyone loved her. So it wasn't like, oh, you're Mrs. Jones's daughter. It was, oh, you're Mrs. Jones's daughter. We love her. But more than that, it gave us access to her office. You had a place to go in school? Yes. So me, Stacey and Becky used to eat our lunch in their office. This is a dream? Yeah. Because yeah. most of the time you're just sort of wandering around yeah. or you're in the canteen, you've got a place to no, go. Yeah. Oh, my God, you must have felt like queens. We were. We were. <laughs> Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio. Did you have a, a nemesis? No, no, I got on with everyone. I feel a bit boring because I was never bullied. I was always in top set. I like school, but I think when I was 18, I was like, right, I'm bored now, let me get out of here. Out into the world. Yeah. What would your reports say? Would they say, like, you'd be top of the class, but you were talkative? What, was there any criticism um, of you? It's so funny because I was one of the first... Well, I was the only disabled person at the school. They would let me get away with murder. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of murder? I mean, well, let's take it you don't mean literal murder. Yeah, yeah, I killed an entire class. <laughs> <laughs> That's dark. I mean, I was just thinking yeah. of pigeon, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so I I was a teacher. No, I wasn't. I was a 
student that teachers would hate because I'd be talking rabbiting on and then the teacher will say to me, have you done your work, Rosie? And I go, yeah. Because I was a fat worker. So it was just easy to yeah. you. So you could rub it on yeah. and sort of not pay yeah. attention because you could just do yeah. the work quickly and well. Yeah. So they were like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> crack on, <laughs> keep talking. What about crushes? Who were you? Who were your teenage crushes? It's so funny because um, so I'm gay, but uh, it took me a long time to get there. So I remember thinking during school, if anyone wants a boyfriend. I don't know why. Um, I don't know why I don't. And it never clicked for me. So do you think at the time you just felt a bit asexual? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but also at the time I didn't know that label asexual. And I think... It sounds ridiculous now, but for a long time I thought my sexuality was disabled. (laughs) Like, that was my thing because of my disability, like, I wouldn't have a partner. Which is ridiculous and um So what what changed? Well I love Bridlington and I love seeing pictures. Um and it will always be home for me. But it has a very small town small-minded mentality. Um, People live there and I don't ever move and there's no diversity. Like, I was the only disabled person there. Like, in a school of... 1,500 people, there was no black people, no Asian people. There was two Chinese girls and their parents owned the one Chinese restaurant. Like, it is insane and I think growing up in my year at school only one one girl uh, came out as gay and that I mean she's great but I think 
she went through a lot of hard things at the time. And Did that um, open anything to just seeing you? Because you're talking about diversity and, and I guess in a way representation, yeah. which it becomes. So if you then see somebody come out in in your own school, does that then trigger you starting to think about your own sexuality? Um, At the time, I mean, let's say to my small-minded 16-year-old brain, but I remember thinking, oh, well, I don't look like her and I don't fancy her, (laughs) so I'm not gay. Right, right. Because... There was only one or two people that I could look at and go, they're gay, oh, but they like P.E. I don't like P.E. Therefore, I'm not gay. (laughs) You are Uh, very bright, but I do think some of these equations you're doing with regard to your own sexuality were a little little flawed. so ridiculous and like in hindsight now there are time time and time again me going I really like friends I really like Roxanne Rachel I really like Rachel why am I thinking about Rachel <laughs> oh, I want to be Rachel, that's what it is. Maybe to be more like Rachel, I'll kiss Rachel. That, right. I like in my adult brain, I'm now like you idiot like you branched a pants at Jennifer Aniston but at the time I just rationalised it and it wasn't until I made a way what even through uni yeah, I had thoughts but I would Back them away, and it was only moving to London, which is so diverse, and made me go, Oh, I can wear dresses, I can keep my hair long, I can be disabled and gay. Made me realise that I've been such an idiot for 24 years. Well, you just made me really think about straight privilege there, like all the cues of how to behave, um, all the sort of being able to unpack what your feelings are. It's all there in in front of you. You know, you don't think about it because it's it's just how, you know, you see everybody on the television and everybody in life behaving. Whereas if you can't see that, and I think it's probably if you were to talk to a 13 or 14 year old now, even in somewhere like Bridlington, they've got a lot more to go on. 
yeah. to pick yeah. up social cues and yeah, things. Yeah, but at the time, like, my mum and dad didn't have any gay friends. I wasn't anyone really on TV. I was... It wasn't forced upon me because my mum and dad are great, but it was just a thing of I'm a woman, so I fancy men, and it took me a long time to unpack that frame of mind and go... Oh, that isn't me. <laughs> Jeff Lloyd's hometown glory on Union Jack Radio. What else? What else were you outside of school as a teenager? Yeah. What were you doing? I mean, who was up on your? Did you have posters on the bedroom wall? What were yeah. your interests? I mean, I. Uh, it was an interesting time for me growing up because uh, I think up until the age of 13, 14, we had one computer and that was in the living room and you'd go on it for half an hour a week when your mum wasn't bringing her mum because <laughs> you had to wait to unplug the phone line and i play in Carter, because I blood, a bloody love it. The, the, this was the encyclopedia yeah. that used to come pre-installed oh on computers. Oh, what a geek. <laughs> the so no, no Mario Kart for Rosie. No, just in Carter, <laughs> just roaming around the Roman ruins. <laughs> um, but then what was interesting is age 15, 16 was when computers were getting bigger and I had a computer in my bedroom. Yeah, but you never uh, left that room from that yeah, point onwards. Yeah, and it's so interesting because... Now, 16 years old, I've grown up with computers, so they're so savvy and they're, like, always on Instagram. Uh, but we had that. We had that social media, but it was all new to us, so... I remember just writing everything online, and so sort of like blogging. Sharing, yeah, where were yeah. you sharing it on blogs? Blogs, MySpace, MySpace, Bebo. Who was in your top friends on MySpace? Oh my! Well, my top one would be my friend Nick. And we're still good friends. Where was now. he? He was 
number one. But was it, where was he geographically? Oh, so he, we met at Sitz Farm. So this is interesting. So you're on, like, because I was thinking when you got online, it opens the world up for you because you're oh, talking to people everywhere. No. But you're talking to Nick who's no. just down the road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so we had MSN Messenger. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I would literally go home and I would speak to all my friends that I'd seen all day. I have friends who talk to boys in Leeds and Hull. But... <laughs> no further afar than other bits of Yorkshire. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you never leave Yorkshire. But... So much for the connected world. I know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's like um, what I was saying before, um, I just thought, oh, why would I want to talk to boys when I can play online poker with my friend Nick up the road? <laughs> and that is how you made your first million. Yes. <laughs> to, to, when you went away, for, you left Bridlington to go to university. What, what, what did you miss about it, if anything? Um... The beach, that is still something. Um, sometimes I wake up a bit, like, put out, and I'm like, oh, I miss the beach. And I don't miss it in, in summer, because in summer, Bridlington was at absolute nightmare because all the people from Leeds and Bradford came to bread on the holiday so that if you lived there you would avoid it at all costs. Now what I miss is the beach in winter where you just get up, put all your layers on, and you go for a walk, and it's derelict. Nobody for miles. You might walk uh, past an occasional dog walker, but that's it. And then you walk to the end of a pit and you get hot donuts. Still gooey in the middle. Yeah, and they'd be so hot and so sugary and your lips would be so cold. Burn your lips going there. Rosie, we're recording this on a hot summer's day, uh, but you were made, making me yearn for a November yeah, at the end of the yeah, pier in Bridlington yeah. staring out at the cold North Sea. And I think that's what I miss because I was born by the beach. So 
we wouldn't go every week. That winter walk would probably do twice a year because when you live there, you just take it for granted. But now I miss that smell, the sea air. I live in London now and, oh my God, give me some of that fresh air. You need to change your ringtone to the sound of a gull. Yeah. That's what yeah, you need. If, yeah. if, I was to able, if I was able to give you the gift of time travel and you could go back to any of the places we've talked about today, yeah. uh, see them as, see, smell, touch them as they were then <laughs> and maybe even sort of invisibly watch Little Rosie, oh. like where, where, which, which of those places would you most like to see again? Oh, um... <laughs> Probably that winter walk on the beach. Just me, my mum, dad and brother walking along to get some hot donuts. Sounds idyllic. So, I mean, there will be people listening to this who've never been to Bridlington. Really? Yeah. Bridlington? Yeah. Well, no, go there. Go there in November. You won't regret it. Rosie Jones, thank you so much. Thank you. Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio. And that's that, a lovely stroll down memory lane with Rosie Jones. And as always, you can hear previous episodes and previous series with all our other brilliant guests in the same place you listen to this podcast. And remember, next week's episode is me wandering around my hometown in Macclesfield using Google Maps, and my guide will be Ed Miliband. It will be chaos with Ed Miliband and me. Hear that live on the radio on Saturday the 13th of July from 11am or you can uh, you can get it on this podcast. See you soon. Right, you horrible lot. In a line, in a line. And remember to pick up a tray. It's school dinner time. Timmy, if you're going to cry, <laughs> cry quietly. Have a slop of this. Union Jack, spot on, man. A greasy dollop of... I don't believe it. And a huge portion of... <laughs> Eat up. Union Jack. Playing the best of British.